WBNJ, WENJ HD, Millville, Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN, the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with 97.3 ESPN Eagles and NFL insider John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at four. Sure is. John McMullen, J.F. McMullen. He'll join us for football at four in just a second. But first, I got a sports bass cash code word for you. It's worth $1,000. Enter the word on our website, 973ESPN.com. It's simple to do. Just go to the website. At the top of the page, you will see the link for sports bass cash. You will click on the link and you will enter the word close. C-L-O-T-H-E-S. Close. It's worth $1,000 if you enter the word and we pick you. You'll win Sports Bash Cash, $1,000, powered by Franklin Bank. Visit franklinbnk.com. I have another word coming up at 5 o'clock tonight. And don't forget, tomorrow is your final day to win Sports Bash Cash. And one lucky winner is going to win up to $10,000 for playing along. We hope it's you. Keep playing Sports Bash Cash. On our website, 973ESPN.com. And the easiest way to do it is to download the free mobile app and enter it right on your phone. Everybody's got their phone glued to their hand. When I give you the word, you can enter close on your phone, and it's worth $1,000. I got another word coming up at 5 o'clock tonight. Football at 4, presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. These are challenging times at Rocket Mortgage. They're prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their 24-7 team, at rocketmortgage.com from their home to yours the team at rocket mortgage is with you every step of the way michael hunter brody and john mcmullen football at four it's the nfl schedule release day and john i know that you know that the records are already hard and fast you have them already pre-predicted from what (laughs) i see on your tweets yeah uh a little bit more difficult this year because there are contingencies so you have to factor in uh, if they go down to 12 games or 10 games, uh, which I hear are the two contingency plans. Uh, but, you know, I've come up, I've run them through 16 and 0, 12 and 0, or 10 and 0. <laughs> so, everybody's favorite team. That is, uh, you know, that's different, though, because I thought the two plans were 16, 14, and 12, that, that 10 was too low for them. I guess that changes. Well, I, 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 nobody knows for sure, uh, but those were the two I, get, I got early. I, I, the one that makes most sense to me is 16 and 12. So then it becomes, is it 14 or 10? Um, I, I don't think there's much difference between 16 and 14, so that's where I, I, I put a little more stock in the 10. Uh, if you're going to be able to play 14, you can probably get 16 in, so. Uh, and then I, I think drop dead, like you're not going to play the season. I think the lowest they would potentially go is 10. But uh, it, ultimately, I think they're going to play 16 games. So I don't think it's going to matter. Well, that would be great. Uh, and I, and I, what do you know about, I guess it was John Clayton that uh, had mentioned that the first four games of the season would be non-conference games. In the event that they lost those games, they wouldn't be a big deal. Is that, uh, I mean, I haven't, I have not been checking Twitter to see if the leaks have been out there yet today. So is, uh, are we seeing that that could be a possibility? Yeah, it's looking like that is not the case. And that report was incorrect. Um, it, it does 
make some sense. Uh, if you do, as we said, if you had to go down to 12 games, for instance, you would sink. Uh, the league wouldn't want to eliminate uh, division games. Um, uh, one of the first, the first Eagles league was week one. They will be at Washington uh, and the Redskins at FedEx Field. Uh, and then there's a number of other leagues around the league with divisional games early in the season. So uh, from that standpoint, it looks like it was off, and there's going to be the similar tact as there usually is um, in the fact that you're going to have uh, divisional games early and divisional games late, like a similar, like a typical uh, NFL season. So um, now – what can throw a curveball that is, you know, I think everyone's assuming the, con- the contingencies are built in to the original 16-game template. I-, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think that's where the, uh, the change-up could be. Now, it seems like there's going to be a three-hour broadcast on ESPN for this schedule release. Uh, Anything you're looking for? Any ideas on how they're going to do this to uh, fulfill those three hours? Because just naming out the schedule, it seems on paper from the outside that that could be boring. You know, you're looking for anything for them to kind of juice it up? They do it every year. They have a schedule release This has been a primetime special for the last couple of years now. Where you yeah, been? I mean, I, no, but I'm it's a different you. scenario now with how he just mentioned. Like nobody really knows how this is going to play out, well, and there's just so much more what? conversation. If, about if any year, John, you needed three hours to talk about the schedule, this might be the one because you might have yeah. three different schedules to break down. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, you, if they go, I, you know, to be honest, I, I don't know if the NFL is going to go uh, public with all the contingencies because they want to. Uh, go forward and make things as normal as possible for as long as possible. So uh, ultimately, I think all they're going to release today is 16-game schedule, and they're not going to say if this, if that. In fact, Roger Goodell sent out the memo yesterday to all the NFL teams to instruct them not to talk about hypotheticals. I think that gives away that they are not going to be talking about hypotheticals. So I think you're all, all you're going to get today is a typical 16-game NFL schedule, um, and that's how they're going to move forward. Uh, but as far as the show, hey, I'm with you. I say it all the time. I, I, I mean, people are celebrating dates. They already knew the opponents. Um, all they're all they're getting. The only new information you're getting today is dates. Yeah, which this year um, makes it even. You know, a lot of times people like the dates, John, because. They could schedule a trip, which now you don't even know that you can schedule that trip. Yeah, and it makes you're right. I understood it. I always say I understand it from a logistical standpoint. If you have to travel, uh, media people uh, uh, certainly are very interested because they have to book their travel. But also people, uh, fans who, who, you know, say they want to go to Lambeau Field. Uh, that's one of the leaks out. It's going to be December 6th. The Eagles are at Lambeau Field. So uh, they can, you know, schedule that trip. But you're right. This year is different. I mean, there's no guarantee uh, you're going to be able to be led into the stadium. So uh, from that standpoint, it, it should be less interesting than ever before uh, because the vacations, the trips, 
are, are kind of off the table, uh, I would think. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to be booking any travel uh, anytime soon. And if they are, prepare to be disappointed. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I don't understand why people get excited about the NFL schedule on a typical year, but people love it. I think it's yeah. I I think it's more that first sign of like here's the games. This is where they are. The travel aspect of it, uh, all that you know, like hey, um, you know where are you going this year? You know where the road games are, but it's like hey, if I want to go to a game and it's warm weather and they're going to play in Miami in December, those are the kind of things that I would particularly look for if I was a ticket holder or somebody who went to games. But you know, obviously that is a live event that will probably draw well tonight after tonight's. Schedule release. What is really next in the NFL in terms of what can be done? I know the facility thing. Is that uh, what's the latest on those opening and what can be done there? Well, the NFL uh, sent out a memo last night to all the teams. They want plans in place by May 15th to get the facilities open. So that is the next step, and that's going to be interesting. It's going to be a phased rollout of facilities being opened. Uh, at first, it's going to be 50 to 75 employees, uh, non-player uh, employees. So think coaching staff, personnel staff, training staff, people like that. Um, going to be allowed first into these facilities around the country. And then I think the biggest hurdle the NFL has got to deal with is and this is the reason they canceled the international games. I talked about, you know, having to deal with different uh, governments. You know, you're talking about different countries' governments and how they handle things. That's that's just untenable at this point. And then you have to come back to the states and realize there are certain facilities in certain states that are going to be able to open quicker, uh, more quickly than say the Jets and the Giants and even the Eagles uh, and and Detroit and and teams like that in certain hot spots, so to speak. Um, And then you have, you start talking about competitive advantage. You can't let players into say Minnesota and Green Bay in the Midwest and, and not let them into New York and Philadelphia. There's a competitive advantage part to it there. So, they didn't really address it in the memo, but they've been pretty consistent to lead that says they're not going to open up facilities to players until all 32 can be opened up to players. So that's going to be uh, the biggest hurdle. And I still don't think that's going to happen, best case scenario, till training camp. And that would be the best case scenario. Yeah, and that's uh, typically like late July. You're talking about mid-July, late July. You're talking about getting live training camp going on and then – you know, the first real test, I guess, will be, John, when August, that first week of August comes around and the Hall of Fame game is set to go, whether or not that Thursday night uh, we will have a kickoff and we will have people in those stands at all. I mean, I guess at, at this point, thinking about people in the stands in August, when you're hearing what's going on with baseball, like, yeah, you're going to play home stadiums, but nobody in there, it would be pretty far-fetched to think that that game in Canton's going to have people in it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, Miami put out a, a, a plan to where they would scale back to have maybe 15,000 people in the stands. And someone argued the Dolphins don't hit that number late in the season. <laughs> anyway. uh, that, I think, is 
sort of what's going to happen. I think that's the NFL's plan. Uh, they want some fans there, but you're going to have to deal with these uh, social distancing measures. And uh, I don't think governments are going to approve 70,000 people in a stadium. So I think it's going to be this weird uh, amalgamation of 10, 15,000 people in these big stadiums, almost like an XFL game. I, I don't know. And obviously they're going to be spread out. Uh, so even different from that standpoint, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be a mess. And then you got to talk about, you know, what 15,000 fans are you going to let in? Uh, I, this is, I, I don't think it's going to end well. Not only, uh, and not that people care about us, but which media members, if any, are going to be allowed. I'm sure they got to let some in, but are they going to get handpicked? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, Especially with a team like the Eagles, who have 400 media members. (laughs) I know. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's going to be, I would imagine, a cutoff point. Uh, And there's going to be some um, unhappy people. But there's not much you can do about it. And um, people tend not to care about us anyway. So (laughs) they don't care. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) <laughs> would you say, though, that with these limited amount of people in the building, would the tickets be more money because people are fighting for those limited tickets, or would it be less money because nobody wants to go to these games? Well, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think you got at least 15. People. I think, John, you got at least 15,000 people who don't care. Uh, yeah, I, I easily you could get those people in the building. I don't think that's the problem. But from the NFL's perspective, Yes, from a secondary market uh, standpoint, I think uh, the value would be greater, uh, but it would be such a, a, a public relations hit to the NFL if they tried to price gouge on top of limiting uh, fans. I don't think the league could do it, but I do think the secondary market, yeah, I think people will, will price gouge. I don't, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you you see, turn on the news today and you'll hear about people scandals and people trying to take advantage of other people because of situations like this. By the way, as John mentioned, uh, if the reports are true, the Eagles will open at the Redskins. Just to refresh my memory, they played at Washington last year as well and against Washington in 2017, the Super Bowl year as well, correct? Uh, Last year was late in the season, week 16. Uh, That was... um, uh, well, was they it, opened up. No, yeah, they played at home. They, they played at home the for week one last year. In Philly? Because yes, they played Washington yeah, the opening game this year. Okay, so they played home played, against yeah, Washington. They played Washington, uh, I think, at Washington uh, on the Super Bowl season. Yeah, last year was at, at home here. Yes. Yeah. Now, I've also seen a report, and I don't know that this is 100% accurate, but it is coming from the Minnesota Star Tribune that the Saints will host the Vikings on a Friday Christmas day game. Yeah, Christmas, so the NFL yeah, is trying to go mono. This is like the Monday Night Wars here, John. You got the NFL <laughs> against the NBA on Christmas yeah, Day. That, that was interesting. Uh, that, and by the I way, Christmas is, Day for the NBA could be opening day this year. Yes, Um and yeah, that one uh, caught me by surprise. I think that's the most interesting part of the schedule because you do have to wonder what is, what are they exactly trying to accomplish 
Uh, obviously, that would be late in a, in a typical season, Christmas. Um, so if we get there, uh, and at that point you have start to have Saturday games after college. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, the NBA is, you know, Christmas has always been their day. Uh, and if there's an NFL game, never mind, that's a pretty high-profile NFL game as well, uh, which two teams that project to be at least certainly playoff worthy. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a salvo. Let's say that because the NFL is obviously going to beat the NBA in ratings. Yeah, and uh, that's what you know. A lot of times they don't play on Saturdays at college and Fridays because of high school. But high school football is done. And there was a report um, that I had seen that suggested that if there were no high school and no college, and specifically no college games that the NFL would look to jump in on that Saturday and schedule more Saturday games throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and I think that was early. You know, there's been a thousand things thrown against the wall because everything changes by the minute, practically. Uh, And and, uh, I'm not being facetious there. I mean, things change every day. Uh, and all of these things have been sort of asked. And at one point, there was a concern that, you know, I mentioned the Jets and Giants again. Well, yeah, if you can't play at MetLife Stadium uh, because of all the issues there and you have to go to um, neutral sites and, and maybe in the middle of the country somewhere in the less populated areas, uh, then you need dates, and you have to figure out if you have multiple games at the same stadium, similar to the things baseball would have to go through just in finding venues if they want to play in Arizona or Florida or one central location. So you got to be more open to different dates, and if they're not playing college, obviously Saturday would be into it. But I don't think, as I said, I, I don't think you're going to see anything like that today, you're going to see a 16-game NFL schedule, and they're going to pretend like all is well. But there are contingency plans. Uh, John McMullen, Football at Four, at J.F. McMullen. A couple quickies. Uh, we were talking before you jumped on about the Eagles linebacker situation and a couple names that are, you know, Mark Barron is an interesting guy because he kind of fits the Eagles mold, right, John? He's a college safety who's a bigger safety Played NFL linebacker, had some injury issues, but was pretty productive last year with the Steelers. Um, so would he be one of those Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt type third wave of free agent signings that uh, the Eagles could be intrigued by? Well, you would think. I mean, I, I've talked about linebacker a lot, and I, I don't know how the Eagles could be comfortable with that position. Um, now they did draft two players. Uh, but Davion Taylor's a third-round pick, uh, very, very raw prospect. Sean Bradley's uh, from Temple, obviously. South Jersey kid is a, a six-round pick. So it's not like you can expect those guys to step in and play. And then you're talking about who are the starters going to be. And, you know, in today's NFL, you're only talking about two guys, two three-down linebackers, uh, and those project to be Nate Gary and T.J. Edwards. And, Hey, the Eagles insist that they like those guys and, and they think TJ's ready for an increased role. They think a lot uh, of Nate Gary, especially as a coverage player, especially as a modern linebacker, sort of what you just described with Mark Barron. So 
Uh, and then they signed Jatavis Brown as well. So they've had this um, get more speed on the field uh, mentality that's just not at wide receiver. It was also a linebacker uh, because Taylor and Bradley and Brown can all run. Uh, and you can see the type of linebacker they want. Uh, I, I think they're happy. I don't know why, but I think they're happy with the linebacker position. Another name that we were talking about was Trevor Williams, the cornerback. Where do you think he's at in terms of playing on the opposite side of Darius Slay? Is Sidney Jones ahead of him right now? Like, Where do you think that he stands on the, the first, outside? The first thing, John, was he. I had no clue that the Eagles even had signed him. He kind of snuck in there. Yeah. They signed him back in January during the playoffs. It's one of those futures things, but he actually could play. He was a pretty good player in San Diego. Yeah, I think when he did sign a deal, people looked at him and said, uh, maybe this is somebody who can show up in the offseason when there was going to be an offseason, do some things, maybe open some eyes. I think that's kind of dimmed uh, uh, now that Darius is here. Um, and, and clearly the, the Eagles' plan is uh, Avante Maddox is going to be the starter outside opposite uh, Darius Slay and Sidney Jones is going to push him. And then I, I, I think when you look at somebody like Trevor, I, I think a lot of his future is tied into can they move Rasul Douglas? If, if they're able to move Rasul Douglas uh, at some point, that opens up uh, a spot um, at corner. And then I think, you know, you have a legitimate competition and somebody like Trevor would be in that conversation uh until that happens though uh, i mean there's just there's just not enough roster spots unless somebody gets hurt you're talking about slay maddox jones uh douglas on the outside you're talking about uh roby coleman and and uh Cravon leblanc in the slot there's there's six corners right there um it's going to be really difficult for them in, unless they are able to move rasul douglas uh, yeah, it was interesting when, when we brought him because uh, somebody had written a piece about a guy to watch out for when training camp comes around. He said, Trevor Williams, when the hell did they sign him? But sure enough, I looked it up, and they did sign Trevor Williams back in January. Futures deal, pretty good player. Uh, had two injury years the last couple of years, uh, so he's had some rough time with the injuries. But when he was healthy, he was a pretty good player for uh, the then San Diego. I think they played in San Diego when he was there in 2016, 2017. Uh, follow John at J.F. McMullen. Make sure you check out his stuff uh, at Sports Illustrated as well. And football at four every day right here on the Sports Bass Live 97.3 ESPN. All right, John, take care, pal. All right, thanks, guys. John McMullen, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. He knew Trevor Williams was on the team. <laughs> He's a smart man, he is. I missed that one. Shame on me. So we've uh, dabbled all over the place. We've done baseball in the first hour. We did, by the way, David Buchanan is on the bump right now for the uh, Samsung Lions. Are you into David Buchanan? No? Can't hear me? David Buchanan, former Philly? Can't hear me. He just lost me. Audio, gone. All right, David Buchanan pitching for the Philly. For the I got you now. We're back. David Buchanan pitching right now for the Samsung Lions. That do anything for you? 
Are, are you excited about that? Or? By the way, I realized I heard the game. I was watching the game this morning. They are not called the Dinos. They're the Dinos. Like the Dinosaurs. So does that mean we need to change our favorite team? We must have changed our team now. Well, I'm not going to hop around. I committed to them. Oh, you're all in? Yeah, I remember watching their game this morning. Okay. Well, David Buchanan, former Phillies, on the bump right now for uh, Samsung Lions. And since I have a Samsung phone, maybe I'll change to them. You can't do that. That's like hopping to the Cowboys. Uh, so we've talked Eagles. We've talked a lot of Phillies in baseball in hour one. But how about some Sixers stuff on the other side? Elton Brand had a press conference that kind of went unnoticed the other day. But we have the cuts and we have the bites to prove it. And we'll talk a little Sixers coming up on the Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. Half an hour from now, it's your final chance of the day at $1,000 of Sports Pass cash right here on the Sports Pass. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. Hunter Brody at Broads81. Of course, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast of today's show all four hours on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you rank, rate, subscribe. You can listen to the podcast after the show on your drive into work so you don't have to pay 12 bucks for Audible. <laughs> listen to uh, us on your drive-in to work or wherever you might be right now. I know a lot of people aren't working like normal, but there are a lot of people working today. I actually had the UPS driver at my house today. Strange pleasantries with that gentleman. Was it for stuff to fix the rabbit situation? No. No, but did you see the picture of the hole? I did. That was that was good. Although it's not really a hole right now. Well, the it was a hole. The hole is now covered because the babies are in there. It looks good. That's what I got to be honest. They do a heck of a job for only having. I was thinking there should be like some sort of business, maybe where like you have someone owns these rabbits, maybe like a Joe Exotic. I don't know if you're big into the Tiger King, but no. you have someone who no. who breeds. No, 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 no. The, what, what, stop what, what? right there. Why? I'm not big on the Tiger King. The Tiger King is out. Well, yeah, it was. It's stupid funny. It's not really funny. Yeah, it's well, just I'm, stupid not, funny. I'm not giving them the pleasure. I'm not giving them the my time of day, which is very important, on that kind of stupid funny. That guy doesn't deserve my time. Okay. I mean, you watch people with fungus on their feet. It's not fungal on their feet. You keep saying that it's always fungal feet. There might be one instance of someone. The show is called My Feet Are Killing Me. There are other injuries to the foot that they have to go to the foot doctor for other than athletes. Foot. And that, and that is worth your time. Your time is very important to you. And that is worth your time. You know, if you see some of the injuries that these people come in, you feel bad for them. Like, and I feel bad for Joe exotic. I don't feel bad for him. He's an idiot. I don't right, have to well, have heard him. I don't have to have seen him. I don't have to have listened to him. I don't know what he stands for. I just can look at the gentleman and say, I don't have time for him. It's just okay. like I talked about with Jerry Krause the other day. He gets ripped on because he's a short, fat guy, and that's why they hated him. That's Joe Exotic. I have no time for that guy. Okay, well, can I finish my point on my new brilliant idea? Proceed. Okay. There's somebody who owns these rabbits, right? And then when you have a hole in your backyard or maybe another group of rabbits made this hole, you send them out there, they go fill it, and then they go back to their place. 
See, I think they only dig the hole when they have a necessity, like babies coming out. Well, we can work on that part of this. <laughs> right. Actually, that's not the only reason they dig the holes. They do it to burrow to sleep, too, for safety and warmth. Now, did you read a book on Kindle for this information? Nah, I just went to YouTube. YouTube? Yep. Just YouTube. Okay. Some guy in uh, Canada. Guy in Canada did the <laughs> did it, you know, quick 30-second thing. Told you all about, like, when you see this hole, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be babies in there. They're going to be there for three weeks. Leave them be. Don't mow the lawn over top this hole because it could get ugly. The power of YouTube, huh? Oh, man. I, the YouTube stories of this building are legendary. You know, things break in here. You try to ask how to get them fixed, and the people would be like, ah, just YouTube it. Figure it out yourself. Is that a town square media thing? That's just, yeah. It's like, hey, uh, this this uh, processor's dead. It doesn't work. Ah, you YouTube it? Okay, I guess I'll figure it out myself. Like, well, to be so fair. Everything's up. My girlfriend put a, a chandelier up in our dining room, and she did the electrical work and everything, and she watched YouTube to do it. Wow. That's how about how I, that? That's how I got my hair cut this weekend. She went on YouTube. Learned how to cut hair, and she cut my hair. Well, then I don't think it's fair to be upset when people in the building say, uh, just YouTube it, because clearly the answers are there. <laughs> no, they are. But, you know, some of these things, the YouTube portion of it is because I'm at home and I don't have, to, I don't want to hire someone to do it, so I do it myself. I'm at a place of business that hired someone else to do that job. Okay, well, I'll give you some advice. When we struggle with the Zeta next time, well, we just Google it, YouTube it. It's probably <laughs> there. Believe me, that's how we've gotten by on this Zeta. <laughs> Sports Match Live, 97.3 ESPN. So Elton Brand, okay, I want to get into some of the things that he had to say. Now, I was tweeting out some of the quotes, and then you texted me and said, oh, I am fired up about some of these quotes. So I couldn't even imagine what some of the things he said, because i got to be honest, he didn't give much. So what was in there that you heard that had you fired up? Uh, it, not uh, Fired up might have been strong in the moment, but there were some things that definitely made me raise my eyebrows, and it was to the point where I was a little... Uh, I was questioning how serious Ben Simmons' back injury was because he was claiming if the season was to return, they would be optimistic that he would come back. Well, there Whoa. was a report a couple uh, of weeks optimistic. ago. There was a report a couple of weeks ago that he was, in fact, going to play. Right, and he's saying that they would be optimistic. Here's the thing. If the season didn't go down the way that it did and they continued to play, we'd be in, what, the second round, if not deeper than that? And right now we're sitting here optimistic if he'd play if the season returned? Here's so that I means that back injury... Yeah, it, it's whack. It means that back injury is what? Is whack. Did I cut out? Yes. Okay, yes. Then it's then it's completely whacked, and it's more injured than we think it is. Well, here's what Elton Brand said about Ben Simmons' recovery. When I you know, FaceTime him doing his workouts and his treatments, and I see him, um, I, I'd be highly encouraged that his ramp-up would be different. Um, and we took our time. We've been methodical and thoughtful about his, his recovery and rehab just to make sure because we weren't in a rush. Uh, I know he'd be he would, I, I, it's hard to speculate, but he's he's been working hard and I, I know he'd he'd be closer or ready. Closer or ready. In what world? We would have been second, third round. Well, really, without Ben Simmons, we would have been knocked out in the first round. But come on. I mean, we were told that he would be 
ready to go by now. That means the injury was so serious, more serious than we ever thought it was. I don't, well, okay. Could we make the inference then that Brand, keep in mind, he hasn't spoken since the season locked down. That was March 11th. So that he just made a general comment, not really with in mind where we are on the calendar, that we would have been in the second round of the playoffs potentially, and that, yeah, he would be closer or probably playing by now. Because earlier he kind of did say there was another bite. I don't see it in this group of bites here, but there was a bite earlier that he did. He he got asked about Simmons twice, and the first time he kind of said that he would probably play. Then the second time he got asked about it, that's when he said it would be closer or probably ready. I got to pull up. I did tweet out both of them, I believe. But the first time he said it, I'm pretty sure he made a stronger case that he would have been more ready to play. Yeah, I just I don't like where we're at right now with Ben because, like you said, in the Jackie McMullen report, it seemed as if, hey, the back's ready to go. He would be fine. And now you're just hearing more of some backtracks, and it's just typical Sixers medical staff. Right. It really oh, is. It's okay, what typical. he said was, quick update on Ben Simmons. This was before he got asked a question. He gave this up in his opening statement. He said, quick update on Ben Simmons. He's doing really, really well. Very optimistic he will be ready to play if and when we resume. Very optimistic is not he's ready to play. I don't think, though, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also see it from his point of view. He doesn't want to give an absolute and then be wrong. But the fact that because if he says, they're questioning if he's wrong is where I have the problem. They like To me, that means they, they messed up earlier in this situation where they downplayed how much of an injury this was. I think you also have to keep in mind, well, it was a serious injury. He had missed some significant time and was going to miss some. Like, let's be honest. There were some thoughts that he was not going to play at all the rest of the regular season. Right. right, but then he would have been ready for the playoffs. We're already second, third round in potentially-ish in that frame. Right, but got to keep in mind, and backs are tricky. So to comment on a back to say, he said we're very optimistic he will be ready to play if and when we resume. He's doing really, really well. Then he also said that it's hard to speculate, but he's working hard and he would be closer or ready. I think he's dancing around it as much as he can without saying he would be out there, knowing that it's a back and that there could be something that changes. But I think the signs were pretty positive that if they play a game tomorrow, that Ben Simmons would play. That's how I took it. Well, I, I hope you're right. I want to be on that side. I want that to be the truth. So you have some questions of whether Ben Simmons would actually play. Yes, correct. That's, I don't think he would. You don't think he would? No, because I think that he's using this as leverage. He wants you to think what you're thinking. Oh, oh he's just playing it off like, hey, you know, it's optimistic, but he'll definitely play. He's saying that, this is how I interpret it, because they truly don't know if he'd be able to play right now. And that bothers me because I think his back is that injured. Interesting. All right, well, so you're more on the negative side thinking that he's he's not close to re or not ready to return. I, I will never give the Sixers medical staff a reason of, hey, I fair. trust you. Hey, that's fair. I'm just saying, like, when I hear El Brandon, and not to mention, I'm going more off of the Jackie McMullen article from, 
I don't know. Was it Jackie McMullen? I th- I thought it was that said that you know when the playoffs resume that Ben Simmons would be back. I mean, when was that written? Heck, I'm pretty sure that that was written. I think I was still doing the the show from my house at that point. So that was about a month ago that that article came out. Let me see if I can find it real fast. That essentially Jackie McMullen said when the playoffs resume or when the season resumes. Here it is. Um, 16 days ago, it was. Sources tell ESPN Simmons will be good to go as his lower back impingement has all but dissipated. If the season resumes, says a team source, we're expecting to have him. Well, we're expecting to have him, to me, does not mean that he's ready to play. They're just expecting him to be ready to play. That doesn't mean he, I expected him to be ready to play too. That doesn't mean he's going to be. The part that really, you know, that I read though, which is his lower back impingement has all but dissipated. That was 16 days ago. So you're talking about another 2 weeks since that time that they said we're expecting to have him. But but do you really expect them to give an absolute answer when there's no games going on? Why would they do that? No, but I think they should have. They left the door open. And knowing how this organization works with PR and giving out information, leaving the door open with any sort of medical situation is probably not the best. But then again, why should I be surprised? Because this is how they do things. Well, and also, you're also got to remember, they're in a time frame where they are not playing any games. There's nothing going on. So what do you mean by that? Like, to give an absolute right now, I don't think would be this, the proper decision by them to make. Like, hey, oh, by the way, if there was a game tomorrow, Ben Simmons would be in that game. And then what if, yeah. what if basketball comes back in a week and then Ben Simmons is like, I'm not ready. But see, but that's my point. See, that's uh, it, him not being ready is a problem. So that means they down. But how would they know? That's what my point is. How would they know? There's no live games. You can't do anything right now. You can't play five on five. He can't do anything. He could go up and down the court by himself if he's playing outside on the his his driveway. But he might be able to do that. But can he take somebody banging on him and leaning on him? He might not have that answer right now. You know what I'm? But that's, that's what I'm saying. No, I, I get that. I get that. But I would be more pissed off that Ben Simmons is still hurt at this point because that means before it was downplayed. So it goes back to more about well, what they're saying I don't think it was downplayed. They, they, he wasn't going to play. He wasn't playing. I was, I was in the media room that last day when Ben Simmons spoke that March 11th game against the Pistons, and the vibe that I get when it comes to the – he was asked all these questions. Did you get cortisone shots? Did you do this? Did you do that? And he's looking at the PR team because he didn't want to answer the wrong way. And then the PR team goes, "Uh, well, next question. Like th- 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 That is why I'm saying this because I was there when he first was asked and first went up to the media and had to ask, answer all these questions. That's why I'm, I don't – know what to believe when it comes to anything that they say well that's fair look and their history is not great with this kind of stuff i can certainly agree with you there injury stuff they're not great with this particular injury situation i think it's a little harder because of the fact that there's no games no practices nothing to go off of that is fair and and i and i like elton brain i respect his decision his words more than others when it comes to speaking i don't know if that's proper or not but i do so but still it, it this annoys me a little all right, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Broads, at Mike Gill Show on Twitter, at Broads81. Hey, our top five at five is coming up. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one.
It's our top five sports trips we like to take that we've never been on once COVID-19 is behind us and we can get back to our everyday lives and travel and get to a game. Now, I heard Ryan ask Josh on the warm-up today whether or not if there was a game, would you go right back to a game right now? And Josh was a little iffy on it. Ryan's right back in. I'm probably holding off this year. I'll go next year. I'll let someone else be the uh, the guinea pig for that. You guys go have fun. Enjoy my tickets. Go to the game. What about you? I would not go. You're out. I'm on, I'm on the same way as you. I think I would sit this out for a bit. All right, yeah. Uh, but when we come back uh, at 5 o'clock tonight, the top five sports trips we can't wait to take once we are ready to go back to a game. That's at the MGPT Top 5 at 5 tonight here on 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. That Sports Bash Cash up to $10,000 is coming today at 5 p.m. The MGPT Top 5 at 5 is coming up in 11 minutes from now. It's five sporting events, venues, places that we would still like to go to, something we haven't done before when this is all over and done with. You can text your event that you'd like to go to to 609-403-0973, 609-403-0973, the MGPT Top 5 at 5. Now, I handwrote my list today. It's in my hand right here. Normally, I type it up, but today it's handwritten. And I have 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. With the honorable mentions, plus a couple that I've been to already that I recommend to go to. So that's okay. coming up in 11 minutes. Now, now have you done a lot of sports trip travel? No, I haven't. So my list, I only went eight deep because, I, I mean, I could have went a lot longer. I did the five and I did three honorable mentions. But I think I have some ones that might be a little different from others. Well, I'm imagining because, keep in mind, Pete and I have already gone to some. These are ones that we want to do that we've never done before. Although, I'm sure Pete will ruin this and screw it up because you know what I got today from Pete Thompson? Oh, no. You were a part of the text chain last night, correct? Yes. So at precisely 1.30 today, he texts me, what's the top five at five for today? And I wrote, you're not serious, right? Did he really do that? Yeah. 1.30 today. Top five he at five today. Us. Yes. Not only did I tell him what it was. He actually answered and says, that sounds great, dot, 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 exclamation point. Yes, I see that right here. I'm looking at it. Yes, top five sports road trips you still want to make. That's so that means he's going to be he's going to be under pressure and get worried and have to just write some stuff down. He might forget that he went one place. It might be a nightmare. I was going to say, I guarantee you he messes this up and he puts something on his list that he's already been to. But here's the thing. You screwed up two days ago by putting drama on sitcoms, so you have no say. Drama, sitcom, I mean, it's a television show that was on in the time frame, at least. Well, I don't see how that is. You're just trying to justify you screwing up. That's true. Uh, this tweet <laughs> just came out, by the way. Bob Wankel from Crossing Broad, who covers the Phillies. The KBO at Bet Rivers Sugarhouse Sportsbook has 16% of bets from New Jersey players. Right now, it's trailing Russian table tennis. That's accounted for 50% of wagering volume. You know what that tells me? We got a lot of people with problems in this world. 
Well, see, I was going to say that is that a lot because I thought it would be more. I thought the baseball would certainly be heavier than the table tennis. <laughs> you're you're looking <laughs> you're looking at it more from who the hell was betting on table tennis. I'm looking at it more of I'm surprised that baseball doesn't have more bets. Well, half a dozen one or the other. I'm surprised at both. I mean, baseball I would think would have more bets. Number one, that it would surpass the fifty percent of volume on table tennis. Right. We have a lot of Michael Jordans out there. Jeez, Russian tape. Where are you even watching that? How are you even knowing who won that? Where are you getting like your fix? See, people do those type of events without even watching it. They just want to bet money. That's true. I've done the That's Chinese cr- soccer league before. Yeah, you're right. I remember your soccer days. You used to text me a little <laughs> bit about the Premier League when you would even dabble uh, into some Premier League. I hit like a 12-teamer in that Premier League. I remember that. My mortgage is covered for the year. <laughs> <laughs> Until and, you lost it on table no, tennis. No, no, no. Once I did one Premier League, I was out, man. I enjoyed it. I said, that's fine. I'm out. Yeah, but remember remember that night where you had a good amount of money on the table and you decided to take your money out? and it. Oh, no, no, no. You were losing. You took your money out to save, oh, and then they came back and won. Right, when um, it would ask you, like, do you want to get out of this bet right now? Yeah, like they, it was like deal or no deal, you know? I was like a contestant, like, oh, man, do I want to keep pressing my luck here? Right. That's funny. Now, I, got, I want to bring up something. It was in that Elton Brand thing. Real quick, I want to get your opinion on this. He said, we're going to explore all the options to try and add youth and depth to our program that fits our identity. Versatility, dynamic, and committed to defense. And this is talking about their approach in the draft. They don't need another Matisse Thibel. They don't need another guy when, who can't wh- shoot and just play defense. When did he say this? I'm looking at the quote that uh, he said this yesterday. This is a breakdown of... What was said in the Elton Brand press conference. Okay, so repeat it again. We're going to explore all the options to try and add youth and depth to our program that fits our identity. Versatility, dynamic, and committed to defense. Now, you know, this could be me picking, but yeah. I think this says they're going, they're looking at defenders in the draft, and, and we're, we're done with that. We have enough of that. You can't have too much of just defense, no shooting. Well, honestly, I can't even, like... I'm on. The, I was on that call yesterday, or two days ago, I guess it was, and I kept saying to myself, "Why are people asking about the draft?" I do agree with that. I agree with that completely. There's no reason to ask draft. I, I first off, okay, I didn't understand. I said to Josh, "How are people asking questions?" I nobody. I didn't get the directions of like. Usually, you have to sit, hit like star something, and that puts you in like the line. I never heard them say that because I would have asked a question. I had two questions written down that I was ready to ask, but I didn't know how to get. And I'm thinking to myself, why are people wasting my time with the draft? There's no draft. They don't have a draft coming up. So I was kind of perturbed that they were asking draft questions. That bothered me. Well, the, the, an- the answer to how to call was probably in that email that got deleted. I don't think so. I looked in that email. I think Josh said they said it at the beginning of the call, but I didn't hear it. Like, I wanted to ask you, if the season doesn't continue, how would you, what would your opinion of this season be? If this is a good question. That's what I wanted someone to ask. I never got in. I had another question. I don't remember what it was.